0: Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor, and I'm so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio message and audio recording of our sermon. I'm super excited because we're leaning into a special, special series that we started last week titled For Me and My House, where we've been looking at the importance of having a biblical faith family. And no matter your position in the family of parent, child, grandparent, uncle, aunt, whatever it may be, cousin, we all have a role in the family of God, and we all have a role in our families. And so we've been looking at how we can embrace that and apply that within our life. But I'm also excited because we're getting ready to lean into our small group season at Hope Church. If small groups in community is something that you are looking to be a part of and you want more information, feel free to reach out to us at hopechurchbhm.com/slash connect or reach out to us through our social media accounts and our DMs at Hope Church BHM. That's Hope Church. B-H-M. Now I'm excited for us to dive into this week's message. Our theme verse for this series is found in Joshua 24, verse 15. When Joshua was speaking to Israel, some of his last words, he says this, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river." Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for this opportunity, even for our listeners on this podcast, that they will be encouraged and that they will be strengthened. You know that they're not alone in this journey, but we are challenged and encouraged to take a stand and to say, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. I know who is the God that matters, and that is my God. So in your name we pray, amen. Now, last week we talked about how we each have a role in the biblical family and how this verse of me and my, for me and my house is kind of a battle cry. But what is a biblically faith-founded family? First off, we know a few things. Family is God's idea. And we know that family aligns with biblical principles, and each member in a faith-founded family understands and fulfills his or her God-given role. So that kind of catches you up if you didn't hear last week's message. Now, I want you to take a moment, press pause, and think of the most loyal person you know. Okay, now take a moment and think of the most creative person you know. While you're doing that, why don't you go ahead and think of the the business with the best customer service. Now think of the business with the best products. Okay, we've all got a couple of people or businesses that have come to mind. These people and businesses stand out for something. And that something has been created because these Businesses and people have strong values. They have strong values. Think of it. If someone is a very creative person, they have values in their life that points them to creativity. Think of the business with the best customer service. They value customer service. Now, on the same topic, maybe you're going, what are values? What what are we working with with this conversation? Well, I'm going to define values for you today as this, guiding principles and foundational beliefs that shape our lives, or direction. You see, we all have personal values. Our families have values. And these are things we treasure. treasure. These are things we cherish. And there are things that will guide us in our direction. Jesus even talked about this when talking about um, in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, when he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus was emphasizing, don't just worry about where things are uh, treasuring, start gathering things where moth and rust destroy, but make sure you're focusing things on the kingdom-minded things because he was emphasizing what we cherish, what we treasure, what we value, they guide and direct our lives. Simply put, what we value and treasure is reflected in how we live. And how we live, these, these things guide us. I think of it like this, values are rumble strips. Now you may be going, what is a rumble strip, Adam? Is this some sort of toy? Is this some sort of uh, setting on my phone? No, a rumble strip is something we've all probably have encountered as people who can drive in a vehicle. See, rumble strips are are, are kind of like values and values are kind of like rumble strips. Rumble strips are what the official names of those bumps on the side of the road. You, some of us may hit those those bumps more than others. You know what I'm talking about when you when you drive off over the line, all of a sudden you do, 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 and you got to get back on straight on the path, right? Well, rumble strips that they, they they're used to reduce runoff road collisions, right? They alert when we're distracted or they alert drowsy drivers. That they're leaving the road. That's what rumble strips do. Okay? So you're going, what does this have to do with a biblical family, Pastor Adam? What does this have to do that I am taking a stand for me and my house? Well, what I'm trying to explain to you, when we declare that me and my house is something that we're going to serve the Lord, that this is a path for us. We've got to make sure that we're establishing practices that will put us on that correct path. And what I want you to understand is we need rumble strips in our life. We need rumble strips in our family, in these spiritual rumble strips, our values. That's what values serve for us. Why do values matter? Because drifting happens. If we're not careful, if we're not paying attention where we need to head directionally, if we're not careful, things will pull us to the left and pull us to the right away from our values. And I want you to understand this. Many times we live in our life, in our personal and in our family lives, as if values are of no importance. But if we aren't implementing values in your life, if you aren't implementing values within your family, someone or something else is. You see, there's, there's straight up facts in regarding to our families. Between the ages of 15 and 18 months of age is when children are already starting to form their worldview, explained by Barner Research. And by age of 13, your worldview is almost completely in place. Why do I tell you this? Because it is of utmost importance that we establish values in our life, in our personal life, in our family life, so that we don't put this off to tomorrow. Because if we do, the world and the enemy is not putting off distractions and deterring us from the path of the Lord. The enemy wants to pull us from that, wants our children to have incorrect foundational beliefs. See, friends, we don't come to a faith-founded family by default. We get to faith-founded families by desire, by design, and by discipline. And so today, I want us to look at this important thought. You and I have have tasks ahead of us. If we take on the journey of saying, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, then I now have a responsibility to walk in that love. Does that mean we're going to be perfect? No, 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 no. But it does mean that I have an opportunity to make the most of my life that I had not been making the most of. Because I have a Jesus that says, son, child, daughter, I have a plan and a purpose for you. And within that plan and a purpose for you to find healing, to find wholeness, to find hope in the life with me. But understand within this hope and healing, I want you to live life to the most the utmost. And with that, whatever your role is within your family, you have a role with it and you can bring people alongside you in this journey. What do we exist as a church, friends? We exist for people to find hope in Jesus and to be equipped to bring that hope to a world in need. My goal today is for you to find hope in Jesus. If you're broken, if you're hurting, I want you to find life in Jesus like never before. But if you have found life in Jesus, I want you to be equipped to say, I have an opportunity to bring people out of the dark into the light of Jesus Christ. And so with that, I want you to understand a practical practice that you can do is to establish a foundation of values that are centered and focused around Christ-focused things. We don't become a faith-founded family by default. It happens through desire, design, and discipline. And and I, I believe Paul really elaborates this. One of my favorite verses in Romans 12, before we get to that, understand Paul is the apostle. He's writing to the early church. He's writing to the people in Rome. He's writing to the Romans and he's he's encouraging them and he's challenging them because they live in a pagan world. They live in a world where there are people say, oh, we like this Jesus and this way of Christ. But at the same time, uh, you know, we have some some pagan practices that we've grown up around. It sounds, honestly, the book of Romans is written to a church similar to what we face on a daily basis, where we know who Jesus Christ is. We know of him, but there's so much pagan, there's so much worldly and cultural views that pull us around, that want to deter us, that we're not careful. We will begin to practice habits that God never wanted us to practice. And that's what I believe Paul is addressing here in Romans 12, which I'm going to read starting in verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's let's look at this. Verse 1, he's saying, I appeal to you by the mercies of God, He's going, because of God's goodness, we have mercies. Hear me today. Because of God's goodness, you can choose to establish values. We spoke on this last week. We have a choosing God. We have a God that allows us to make choices because we're made in his image. And so with that, as a God who's chosen us, we have the opportunity to choose him and choose to establish values good practices because of his mercies. What are some of his mercies? Well, first off, we know he loves us because of the justification of Jesus dying for our sins. We have mercy because of the promises of hope that one day we will walk in eternity with him. We have, that's a mercy because we are adopted into his family. That is a mercy because we can have confidence that his word in his word, that he is who he says he is. These are mercies. And because of these mercies, we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. See, during this culture, they would have understood sacrificial moments. They were sacrificing animals. They were sacrificing these things. Not only that, the pagans made sacrifices on a regular basis to their false gods. But Paul's writing here and he goes, present your bodies as a living sacrifice every bit of our life, friends, can be given as a holy offering. Every bit. I love what Eugene Peterson said in the message paraphrase. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Man, that verse just speaks to me so much because we can take our everyday life and place it before the Lord as an offering. This is really a form of consecration, this, what does what consecration mean? It's a dedication of purpose, something being declared sacred. And what Paul is writing to us, because of the mercies of God, you and I have an opportunity to present our lives as an offering, as consecrated, as dedicated to the Lord. Hear me, we need to consecrate, we need to dedicate, we need to present our lives and our families as purposed to be offerings in glorifying God. An offering doesn't bring me glory, friends. It brings God's glory. And that's what Paul's writing here. And what I want us to understand this within the lens of having values. Values matter because every part of our life can be lived as a valued offering to the Lord. And we need to evaluate that and look at that and go, am I presenting myself in a manner that is an offering to God? Paul's challenging all of us to do this. We should understand our families are being encouraged to be presented to God as a living sacrifice. And then in verse two, when he says, do not be conformed to the renew, to, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Paul's writing here simply saying, resist the mold of the pattern of the world, but be transformed to something else. Being conformed is the opposite of being transformed. What does conform mean? Being molded to a pattern, being shaped into something. Paul saying, don't be shaped to what the world wants you to be shaped in. But instead, don't even just be shaped by the Bible. Be transformed by God's word. Be transformed by his purpose. Literally, the Greek word comes from this Greek word titled metamorpho, which means metamorphosis, like a, like a caterpillar being transformed into a completely different thing, which is a butterfly. We need to be transformed from once dead into life. Our families may have been brought together. They may have been broken. They may have loosely had some biblical values, but be transformed and metamorphosized into what God intended for you to be from the very beginning. And the way you do this is by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? By being in his word, by feeding yourself holy and good things worthy of praise praise. That is how we renew our minds. Here's point blank. Our families, if we want to be transformed, we got to think differently. The world says, hey, families, be selfish. The world says, hey, families, do your own thing. Families, you decide what is good and perfect for your families. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God is good. His word declares what is holy. His word declares a purpose for you and I to follow. And as our families, we got to understand We can be transformed. And when we're transformed, we can, through testing, by living out life, we can discern the will of God, His good, acceptable, and perfect will. The Christian faith, family, life is not based on feelings because feelings are not sufficient foundations. Our our foundations are founded on faith, that God has a plan and a purpose for our families. So understand Romans one and two is something you and I, we can apply in our family's lives. Taking all this into account, how, how do I establish these rumble strips, right? You may be going, how do I establish these values into my family? Friends, when our values are, are founded correctly, it's, it's beautiful. Like you're going, how is a rumble strip Beautiful. Well, there's a couple of locations in America and even on Route 66, which I've never driven, but I, I have heard about this, um, There's where there's rumble strips on the side of the road. And there's a sign right before it and it goes, if you go the correct speed of this road and the speed limit, and if you touch the rumble strips with the, the right side of your vehicle, it'll play a certain melody. It'll play America the Beautiful in certain areas. And you can find these, these recordings online if you YouTube it or Google it, and you'll hear, bum, 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 bum. And it, I can't do the tune there, but it'll be America the Beautiful, and it's this incredible sound. It's, there's, there's such richness to it, and you go, wait a second. These rumble strips can do more than just tell me to get back on the road? Yeah! When we drift, we need them to go, hey, get back on the road. But even with that, there's, there's beauty in the the rumble strips. And what I want you to hear is there's beauty in biblical faith founded values in our life. There's richness. When I when when we look back in that yeah they take work, but when we look back in a decade and we go, wow that took work for me to take time and to read scripture with my family at dinner. Wow, that took work for me to pray with my child before they went to the school. Oh, that took work for me to send an encouraging text message to my my, my grandchild. These things take work, but there's beauty in these values, in these, these foundational things we place in our lives. And so, so how do we do this? How do we find this beauty? Well, I mentioned it earlier. We need desire, design, and discipline. So desire, what's the goal? When you ask yourself, or the faith, if I look at my my life and even my family's life, what's the goal of my family? What's the premier desire? Is it one that aligns with Christ? Understand this here. We all have three types of values in our life that we need to establish practically. Personal, family and kingdom values. Personally, I have values, whether I realize it or not. I value certain things. So what I need to do is I need to establish ones that God wants me to value. And if I have unhelpful values in my life, I need to let them go. Fa- my family, we have values, whether we realize it or not. You value. Some of you may value uh, game nights. Some of you may value just quality time. Some of you may value it, uh, words of affirmation ask yourself, you go, I, Pastor Adam, I feel like my, my family just goes with the wind. Well, let me ask you then. Ask yourself this question. What do you want your home to feel like? That's a value. I told. I heard someone say this the other day, let your home be a theme park for your values. <laughs> Think of it like this. Let it run wild. Let your values be something that establish. If you say, "Hey, we're a whimsical family," well, celebrate, throw confetti when someone does something good. That some, some some win to succeed. You go, "Hey, we're pretty relaxed." We'll sell, emphasize reading together, do things that you, God's word, pray, have deep conversations. Whatever it is, you know. If you go to a theme park, there are values. If you go to if you go to um, Six Flags. They value certain things. If you go to Disney World, which, you know, my family loves and goes to, they value Walt Disney, one of the things he valued was creativity. So there's always innovation there, but there's also something else he valued, cleanliness. And what he would do is he would sit around in the park and watch people drop drop trash. And so he re- configured how they would put trash cans and have people cleaning all throughout the park because he valued the appearance and the importance of cleanliness. We can do that in our families. You go, we value cleanliness. That's what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, what do you value? Establish those in your family and and let them run wild. Let them run wild. And then kingdom minded. How am I living out God's word? What am I treasuring, as he, Jesus said in Matthew 6? Because that's where my heart's going to be. You go, I don't know where to start. Read the Sermon on the Mount the Gospel. That is a great directional path of things we should value for the kingdom. It'll, it'll get you on the right path. So that's desire. The second thing, what's, so what's our desire? The second thing is design. How are we putting forth our efforts? How are we setting ourselves up for success? Uh, you go, how do I design this? Pastor right, you say I have values. What are my values? <laughs> Chart your week out. Take a moment, even today, maybe after this message. Draw out your values. Draw them out. Draw, draw, draw out your block. What Monday I wake up at this time and it goes through this time. What does that look like? Okay, okay. Uh, what what does uh, what does it reflect? Because these are probably things you value. And if there's things you need to let go, let go of them. But if there's things you want to implement, implement them. Consecrate them like Romans 12, one, put your schedule before God and say, God, I give you my life schedule. And I want you to transform it. And then write out, write out what makes you, you and go, okay, this is who I believe God's called me to be. This is who I believe God's called our family to be. We're going to establish these values. Maybe it's simple. Maybe it's go, I value, um, Affirmation. I value scriptural reading on a daily basis uh, of one specific verse. And maybe I value fun. And maybe those are something to start with. And you just establish those in your life. How today did I get in God's Word? How today did I find affirmation and encouraging someone? And how did I have fun? Those are practical, but make some values statements in your life so that when you're not on the right path. These rumble strips remind you, wait a second, I designed something. God put me here for a purpose. I can get on the path. And then the third one, discipline. Passion without discipline goes nowhere fast. C.S. Lewis said, when first things are put first, second things aren't suppressed, but increased. And some of you are going, Pastor Adam, we're so busy. We've got so much going on in our schedule. I know, friends. I get it. Personally, I get it. But we got to put disciplines in place so that the things that matter float to the top and everything else floats to the bottom. And make sure, evaluate, come back to it. Examine, evaluate, and get on the path. So so with all this, friends, today, this is a practical message, but I want you to be encouraged. We have hope for our family. And the hope is not that my family will be perfect. No, the hope is that Jesus is with me and my family. And Jesus wants me to have hope for my family, that he can work personally within each and every one of us, and that Jesus can redeem my family. We don't have to be perfect. We just need to be willing to say, my family is worth it, and it's worth it because God said it's worth it, that he had a plan and a purpose for my family. Don't discount my family's future because I don't want to discount God can do something in their lives. Because as we read at the beginning, for me and my family, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let's embrace that, friends. Let's apply that. Let's desire that. Let's figure out how we're going to design these things in our life. And let's how we're going to have discipline in these lives. Because these value statements, these rumble strips, they're going to help guide us on the path. As we walk the path of the straight and narrow that God wants us to head towards, I believe we're going to find purpose, power, and fulfillment. And I believe there's some families that are gonna find Jesus like never before. So be encouraged, friends. God is with you, God is for you, and he loves you. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I pray that we will be encouraged to find life in your word. And as we find life, we will find purpose for ourselves that we'll understand that you want us to establish biblical values in our lives. And as I do that, that I will find purpose and I will uh, reflect this purpose to my families and my circles around me. God, let us know that we're not alone. In your name we pray, amen. Well, friends, once again, thank you for tuning in for this week's audio message. I hope you were encouraged and you found a little hope today. If you know someone that this message could could encourage, feel free to share it to them. Text the link here. Share it on social media so that someone else can be encouraged with hope in the middle of their week. Because I believe God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And we hope to see you real soon. Thank you.